everyone welcome hello. back hello welcome back to the spiritual curiosity podcast this is our first episode that's not like an introduction so a second episode this is that would be considered a second episode second episode <laughs> yes well cheers wow to our second episode Woo. so we thought um a good way to start the episode would maybe to pull a card on just kind of setting the intention and the vibe of what we're going to be doing today, which is looking into the introduction of Women Who Run With Wolves. It's an amazing book. Um, we wanted to split it up because it's definitely, there's so many pieces that just putting it into one or two episodes wouldn't really show how cool it is. And we wouldn't really be able to talk about all the cool details in it. So um, we're going to do that, but we wanted to pull a card. Do you want to pull it and then we can oh, read it? Okay. We're just going to. I love this card. Oh my gosh. I love four of wands. We got the four of wands. We got the four of wands. What does it mean, Paloma? So the four of wands. Um. In our first episode, we were talking about this word called omateo, which means balance, like total balance. And the word or the numbers that are associated with omateo is two and fours mm. because they're really balanced. And fours are more of a balanced number than twos because twos, you have duality still. But fours, think of like the four seasons, the four mm -hmm. directions, the medicine wheel. Mm -hmm. So it's like total and complete balance. Um very stable, very grounded, but because it's a wand, it's fire energy. So it's still creativity, passion, mm. art, um, putting yourself out into the world that like really expressive energy. So it's like that groundedness, you know, that it's going to be, um, successful. It's going to be, um, grounded. It's going to be stable, but also having the excitement of creating, mm. I love so, that for us. I know. That sounds perfect. I agree. And also <laughs> oftentimes four of wands are associated with like marriages, community, um, relationships, because four is an extension of the number two and two is all about relationships. Mm. So it's all, it's, yeah, it's like really good, nice relationships. Like you can even see that there's two people having some sort of like ceremony in this card. Um, and for reference, we are using the Branches of the Celtic Tarot deck um, by Christopher Hughes, illustrated by Chris Down. We will put a link in the, the little bio of this episode as well. Yeah. So you all can see the illustrations that we're, that we're referring to. But, it, it's yeah. beautiful. I, I always love the sort of Celtic motifs. They're so gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, I think right. this is a great card yeah it, it starts us out in such a beautiful way yes Aww. okay so shall we yeah okay let's shall so <laughs> let's shall for sure <laughs> um this episode we're gonna talk about the introduction and usually i know for me personally introductions i don't really um i don't always read them but this one just really seemed, one, long, so I'm sure it had a lot of information, but oh, two, yeah. it just seems like a good book that I don't want to miss out on any of it. Yeah. 
I think this really, so the introduction, um, <clears throat> they, it's titled Singing Over the Bones, and it immediately goes into this, I mean, the first thing that stuck out with me was so perfect with the start of this podcast, because it's finding the bones and the pieces of you that were lost. Right. And you touched on this in our first introduction episode um, and talking about like the desert, right? And the desert of the psyche and being just, you're trying to find yourself. And it was just so beautiful because that visual of the, um, I mean, and this kind of, she kind of touches on it, but Laloba um, you know, the bone woman, like talking about bringing all of the parts together and how it doesn't work unless all of the parts of you are there in like to be one piece, one whole person. And I just thought that was absolutely beautiful. And it really resonated with me because to start out this book talking about the, the archetype, the wild woman archetype of something that is in every one of us and the idea of like once you find this wild woman you do not want to lose her ever again and that's definitely something that we've found ourselves kind of in that that amazing kind of moment of wow like we found like we found traces of her, like we found her, she's, she's in us, she's all around us. And how do we, how do we kind of contain her the way that we need to contain her and not lose her again? And how can we um, learn from her? And so it was just, I mean, I loved reading this intro and I'm like you, I don't read introductions to books ever. So yeah, yeah, I agree. And like, I didn't understand what it meant by the introduction title being singing over the bones. Mm -hmm. And it's not until the first, first chapter that um she does talk about the story of la loba um but this entire introduction she's talking about like what is the sort of wild woman archetype and how does she currently kind of sit in like western society and oftentimes when we think about um femininity and like feminine energy we think about um I think oftentimes we think about, again, that religious sort of mm -hmm. adoption of femininity, which is like Madonna, mm -hmm. you know, pure, mm -hmm. um, gentle, yep. like not really soft spoken. Yeah. Um, Even like that motherly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Motherly, um, delicate mm -hmm. and um, small, small, mm -hmm. fragile even yep. at yeah. times. Yeah. And um we don't really talk about wild women or wild femininity mm -hmm. as like a really important aspect of femininity. It's mm -hmm. so oftentimes when we do think of um, the wildness in women, I know like seeing it in movies growing up, she, she was always the villain, mm -hmm. you know, if she was always too wild or aggressive. Um, you can't contain her. Yeah. She lives by nobody else's rules. Yeah. She in a way like, loves herself though she yeah. is confident and she does not take any crap from anybody right and a lot of the times that gets 
made into an image that yeah people don't like and that trickles into everything else about life of you know being like the boss mm-hmm. being you know promiscuous <sighs> even yeah, yeah yep it's as soon as women find that courage and that confidence and they tap into their wild woman it's oh my gosh it's game over totally Ugh. Like, and how can we harness that? Yeah. (laughs) How can can I live that way all the time? (laughs) Yeah. And no, absolutely. Like when you really tap into it and I think it's always like a learning sort of, I think it's always sort of a journey that you take with yourself and it's a daily walk and practice, but I can look back in my life of times where I was very disconnected from that part of myself, where Mm -hmm. I felt the pressure to be really um, withdrawn from life and felt like I had to be soft-spoken or I had to be really forgiving or graceful of people because that's the idea of femininity that we see is just that like you can do anything to her and she'll forgive you and that she'll find sweetness out of all of it. Um, and we demonize a lot of what's not that when we see women who are you know, aggressive or loud or, um, you know, like this happens in the first chapter too, but like talking about this idea of like having body hair, even like Mm -hmm. having these things that are, that are considered not okay for women at this point. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to have like somebody to acknowledge that this is another aspect of femininity Mm because we only see like especially now on tiktok or social media you hear these buzzwords of like divine masculine divine feminine Mm -hmm. and what people deem as divine feminine is basically just a very pigeonholed version of what femininity looks like and then you feel ashamed if you feel like oh i got angry today or oh i did something really um like ambitious or I was feeling really loud today and chatty today and then we feel bad about being chatty you know because we're yeah for being loud we're taking up space mm-hmm. things that I mean it's it's kind of taught hopefully it's it's being untaught but it's I know growing up it was how can you take up the least amount of space how can you not draw that much attention um but and it's something that is very very apparent at the very beginning of this book, the relationship of women and wolves and how both of those, when you hear those words, you have these images that come to mind of like almost the bad, the bad parts. Mm-hmm. Um, wolves are known. I mean, people think like, oh yeah, they eat, you know, all of my... <laughs> my um all my chickens are there like you know just what I mean what have you um I don't live in mountains and so I don't really experience them as much as I probably should I would love to hear more um howling I think that would just be like a beautiful thing to hear on a regular basis but um then you also have so like these very bad kind of um associations with wolves and then you have the very bad associations with women and when a wolf is unhappy, when a woman is unhappy, it's like very, very similar. And so she goes into those, those, um, comparisons of how can we be like, when we are at our best self, we are, you know, we're in our pack. We are 
playful. We are adventurous. We are just free spirited. Like you think of the most ideal, like the most happy, just well-rounded, pure. Um, I, I mean, I don't even know, like all these words are coming to mind, but I'm thinking about if you close your eyes and you think about a woman in your, in your life that has, that is the wild woman archetype of, Oh my gosh, I want to be you. Like I totally, I just, there's a handful of, of, of women that come to mind and you know it when you see it because of how they, they view life and they live their life. And it's just the, they're, they're, their best version of themselves. And so how can we tap into that? And how can we learn to love ourselves and like, yeah, take care of the people around you, but also know that you are enough as you are. And how can we just kind of return back to that nature and to that basic instinct of just, yeah, of, of life and why we're here. So. And, and this is something that you and I have talked about too, is this idea of fulfillment Mm -hmm. And like feeling like you're on your life's fate, you know, like what were you born onto this earth to do? And she talks about too, of the more you are in touch with your wild woman, the more creative you are and the more fulfilled you feel. So it's like to, in order to feel more like you're in touch with your life's purpose, engaging in that wild woman archetype is kind of the key. And the other thing too, is going back to this idea of femininity. When I was researching, um, like an astrology, one thing that can kind of help us piece together of the function of our birth chart or something like that is looking into the different mythologies of the gods and the goddesses. Cause we have Venus, we have Mars. So when we read these stories of these um, myths and these gods and all these, um, supernatural beings, quote unquote. Um, when I was reading about Venus, she was actually a very self-possessed woman. She was the wild woman archetype. And so, but yet we say like, that's one thing that's really frustrating going online and seeing like on social media or just on the general public internet is, um, People describe Venus as, especially in astrology, Venus is about relationships and love and cutesy thing. But when you actually read Venus's story, she was insane. She was crazy. And she was just like, she, you know, people would deem her as self-absorbed and narcissistic um, in vain. But it really wasn't about that. It was just that she knew what she wanted, what she didn't want in her life. She was so in touch with her pleasure and um, she wasn't going to just accommodate people the way that some of the other gods and goddesses did in, in you know, in Mount Olympus. Because some of the other goddesses, they were very accommodating to their husbands and it did them no good. So Venus, she was unmarried for a long time and she would just kind of do whatever she wanted. She would just wander the earth and the universe doing whatever she wanted to do. And she had relationships when she wanted to and didn't when she didn't want to. Um, But she was very much, in my opinion, she was actually more aligned to what this book describes as the characteristics of a, a wild woman more than what pop culture 
characterizes Venus to be in her function because it is kind of frustrating looking at how people characterize Venus in astrology and pop pop culture astrology and they totally miss her story um we also have a cat <laughs> yeah we have um our our guest uh Charlie yes. uh, the bangle who is now joining us on the couch so he might give us his his two cents on on some things um every once in a while but yes i it's it actually is it's very sad because even as you're talking this is all new to me this is all because i just i have the idea of it yeah like venus uh, you, you think of cupid you think of valentine's day you think of um even you know for me and my my art history kind of background is you think of the birth of venus um i have a little venus of uh willendorf uh little statue on my on my little um, altar space in, in the living room. And um, it's just, you don't get to see the full story of her ever. And so I also have, I have some, um, some learning to do from that because it's, I mean, just thinking about how she is going through. Well, and this is a question that I wanted to ask you of just, um, there's so many questions that came up when I was reading this, this little introductory of the book and, um, and the first one that came up was the question, what stirs in you when you hear the words wild women? Hmm. And I just had to, had to let that sit for a second. And I also want to ask you and like, maybe like we can talk through of when you hear those words, what, what happens to you inside? Good things, bad things, unsure things. Because I think that's kind of like the first the first step of kind of unpacking that, right? Right. The societal kind of norms and beliefs and like, okay, like what kind of things do we need to be changing so that when we do hear those words, it's not a trigger of bad or, you know, anything else that's just not accepted in society, if that makes sense. Totally. I I, I want to hear like what came up for you first, because... <laughs> I think it's true that depending on how, just depending on how we were raised and what our culture was or certain experiences that we had, good or bad, it's going to kind of shape how we view just that, that phrase right there. Um, I mean, even with the word wild, you think of just out of control, just crazy, chaotic, just, oh my gosh, no, don't put me anywhere near that, that person. Um, but then I check myself of wild meaning free and i think i need to i need to change that that mindset and where i go when i hear that word because a wild woman is a free woman is a, a confident woman a strong woman a um a woman who yeah just goes and takes walks out in the forest just barefoot just growing your hair long just not having any cares and really just wanting to connect on a deeper level with everything around her and like letting, I don't know, I think because there's just so many instances that she brings up of, you know, like the feeling of, um, you know, toes in the sand, like you're on the beach and or you're 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 hiking and you're on the top of the mountains and you're overlooking all of this or just, you know, the, the wind blowing through the trees and the leaves and, um, these moments of 
um, that like serenity, but also like that life. And like, I don't know, it's hard to explain because she brings it so she brings it back to nature so often in this book. And that's really just like where we all that's where we all start. And that's where we all end in a way. And so I just like it makes me it's like I strive for that. I, I, at one point in my life, like I want someone to call me a wild woman because I, I would take that as like a compliment after reading through this. Like I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I am a wild woman and I'm okay with that because that's my goal. <laughs> that's my goal in life. I, I want to inspire others to, to kind of go back into, into that way of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really great. And also yeah, when we think of wild too, it's also hard because what happens if we're not wild all the time? Sometimes mm-hmm. we feel like we need to be committed to one side or the other. Like I'm fully wild. I don't, I don't need no man. I don't need, you know, like <laughs> that's what comes, or at least that's what comes to my mind is I've seen lots of women who claim that they are wild, claim that they're sexually liberated, claim that they are free, claim that they don't need any man. And yet they can be some of the most insecure women I've ever met too, Mm -hmm. you know, where they claim to be wild and free and yet they're insecure and sad. Mm -hmm. And then I've still holding themselves to society's expectations. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, they're still kind of hold held in that, like, yeah, in society, Mm -hmm. in, in the male gaze, they're still holding themselves to patriarchy and misogyny. And they, they say that they're liberated or free or wild um but a lot of it still comes from the source of of needing somebody else to confirm that for them um so for me I've also met women who are very wild and free and totally themselves and in touch with their wild women but are like some of the most tame you know just like people out there but it's because they're being authentic to themselves and it kind of reminds me of this movie Mona Lisa Smile. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. Nope. You would love it. Okay. It's with, um, <laughs> <sighs> I'm forgetting her name. I'm forgetting her name. Who is the actress in Pretty Woman? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. So, okay. <laughs> I haven't yes. actually seen that movie either. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. So in, in Mona Lisa Smile, it takes place in like the fifties and sixties. So you're getting this part where, Women are allowed to go to school and they're allowed to be educated and graduated, but a lot of women still, you know, want to be housewives. So Julia Roberts is, she feels that she is totally liberated and a free woman. Um, And she teaches at this college and she feels that she's better than her students because a lot of her students are young girls who are housewives. And the only thing that they ever want to be is just married and have kids and one of her students is this really smart girl and so Julia Roberts is like you could really go far you could you know you could go to college you could have a career you're gonna have these things and um you don't have to be oppressed by the man you can really have your own life and the girl says ends up saying like you know that's true but that's not what's gonna liberate me That might be what liberates you and would make you feel like a free woman. But for me, this is the life that I want. So how is your version of what a free woman more valid than what my version of free woman is? So I think it's more the power to choose between 
it. You don't have to be, you know, in a motorcycle gang and have to like in order to be a free woman. Like you don't <laughs> you don't need to that's not what a free wild woman is. Mm-hmm. It's a it's the right to choose what you want to be when you want to be and you can change at any point. That's the thing too is we think about women in their mystery and we compare women in femininity to the moon and the moon how she changes all the time she has all these phases to her so it's like we're never staying one type Mm -hmm. there's a part of the month you know in our lunar cycle where we want to be you know all cuddly and homemaker and all of this and then there's another part of the month where we're like if anybody looks at me i'm gonna claw their face off like we just have all of these sides to us and we don't have to always be wild and Mm -hmm. crazy and all of that all the time so yeah how did you feel so for everyone who is gonna try to kind of keep up with us and and read um i want to just reference how beautiful page 11 is. Um, I underlined so much. She, I mean, exactly what you're, you're talking about. You can be all these things. And so this, um, it just, I mean, it's beautiful and I could just read paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. Um, but you know, she starts out with talking about the wild woman. She is the life death life force. She is the incubator. Um, she is the smell of good mud. In the back leg of the fox, the birds which tell us secrets belong to her. She is the voice that says this way, this way. Um, she is the one who thunders after injustice. Uh, she is the one who turns like a great wheel. She is the maker of cycles. She's just like she just goes on and on and on. And it's just. She encompasses everything. As she said, she is life, death. Like she is. Ev- it's just. It's such a huge thing to kind of wrap your mind around, but it's so beautiful at the same time. Like, you know, it's almost kind of like the same feeling I get when I go to the to the beach and to the ocean because it's so vast and can be so calm, can be so forceful and scary and like like actually, you know, you can, you know, yeah, like there could be some harm that um like in the ocean of just like the animals and everything that's, um, you know, in it, but also just the life source and the, you know, but also causes death and also, um, you know, different kind of cycles and different kind of whatever. And, and so it's almost just like, yeah. And then you can probably find those kind of similarities in anywhere in nature, right. Where, you know, yeah, you think of the forest or you think about even like the desert, you know, it's just, so many metaphors and so many amazing um, just images that she's creating to kind of help you get a better understanding of, I mean, I'm pretty sure she says this word for word where it's like, no, like she's not meant to be put in a box. You know, she's not meant to fit any kind of stereotype out there. It's, you know, it's, it's, she's more of like that feeling and that draw and that urge and that energy. I think that makes sense. Yes. Okay. It sure like, does. I'm talking and I think it makes sense. No. Well, at least it makes sense to me. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense too. Yeah. I think it, the exactly. She's not meant to be put in a box. So she can one day decide to, you know, 
go in one direction and then the next day just go in another direction. And that's the thing about this introduction is I think what Clarissa is really trying to do in this introduction is really just establish examples of wild women so we can have like some sort of framework of when she goes later on in the chapters of different stories Mm -hmm. um, that like keep expanding on the archetype of a wild woman. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think she like is first trying to establish, okay, she is everything. Mm -hmm. She is nothing. She's life. She's death. She is the mud Mm -hmm. in your feet. (laughs) She is the wind that blows. Like she's Mm -hmm. just all of these things. And so... It's hard to really think about it and try to define it. And I think that's why she spends so much of this introduction just... It felt like she was just going paragraph after paragraph of trying to give examples because it's so hard to define it. It's more of just that feeling that each individual, like, woman feels, you Mm -hmm. know? And you can kind of harp on, oh, yeah, I felt that way when I was doing this, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel that way when I'm in the forest. But Mm -hmm. some women, like you said feel it when you're at the ocean mm-hmm. you can feel the the like the magnitude of the power of the waves that it could be so peaceful mm-hmm. and calming but it could also be like murderous you know like how tidal I mean, waves my sun can be. sign is pisces so that that might have something to do with it but yeah. also you know born in oregon and you know being close to the water it's i tell i mean i say this so much to all the people in my life where i'm like i'm meant to be back there i'm meant to be by by the water at some point in my life yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I So I was born in Capricorn. So I, that's why I love the forest. But I was born in Washington. So I love the ocean. No wonder Twilight resonates with you so oh, much. Oh, so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. I feel like I have to watch it like once a month. It's like, it's me. And I took this, um, there was this TikTok filter that... Um, it tells you which Twilight character you are, and I got Miss Bella Swan. Oh, there yeah. I go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and my quirky girl era. <laughs> oh, my god. Yes. No, but, okay, but also, Bella is a good example of the wild woman mm-hmm. archetype, because she just goes, like, her whole family thinks that she's crazy, that she's in love with the vampire, like, all of her friends, but she just does it how she wants. <laughs> um, But I wanted to go into some of the notes I, I was taking some specific notes on like um parts of the book that really just resonated with me and um one of them was a quote I think our pages are slightly different but for whoever is listening it's generally around this page page five um a mother a wolf mother killed one of her mortally injured pups this taught a hard compassion and the necessity of allowing death to come to the dying and it just kind of made me think of we live in a day and age and i don't know if this was ever any different but i know especially right now in the age of plastic surgery and um like body modification um in our obsession with health as a society is that I always feel like we're trying to run away from death. We're always trying to find some sort of reason to or way to prevent it by any means necessary. And I think this goes back to this idea of trauma that like when you have a lot of trauma, you're always just trying to see the life in people. You're always trying to see the goodness in them, give them benefit of the doubt, say to yourself like they didn't mean to do that. Somewhere deep down, they're just a victim too. And And I do think that's true, but I think it also negates the the wrongdoing that people do sometimes and it negates the accountability for those people because we're always coming up with excuses for them 
And it's not allowing death to come. Death comes for everybody. And that's also part of our karma as everybody is on this planet. And karma not being a bad thing of like, oh, you're going to die because you did something bad. But it's part of our... um, It's human nature. Yeah. It's just, it's the life cycle. It's just our life cycle. And it's just like, just as a human, that is just part of this process. And it, and when we, I feel like when we're always making excuses for people of, oh, they did this bad thing to me, but I know they didn't mean it. We're also preventing death from coming to this relationship with them, Mm. you know, and Mm -hmm. we're trying to block death, which means that we're not allowing it to happen. And Clarissa, she talks so much about the importance of death Mm -hmm. and death as like a woman, Mm. you know? Yeah. That's really, that's, it's heavy. It's heavy to, to let yourself think that because yes, honestly, and as cliche as it sounds, life comes from death and you need, and again, she talks about how the wild woman knows when life needs to have life and when death needs to, you know, have death. So like you, understand your in like your intuition your your gut feeling like how you can focus on that and know where that energy needs to be spent if it's worth continuing life with this breathing life into it versus letting it die and just kind of cutting it out completely and I mean hey nobody nobody's figured out the how not to die part yet. And so it's just, it's a very natural way of life, but how can we like, I don't know, how can we just do it gracefully and accept it and not try to fight it? Yeah. I think, I think grace is like the biggest key to Mm -hmm. all of this. And we also go through different phases in our life. Like I think when both of us left our jobs, we were kind of experiencing a death cycle Mm -hmm. of sorts. Mm -hmm. And then, but now because we've allowed so much of that death to come over, it's brought so much life into our lives. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like we both kind of talked about this, but I feel like we're so much just more attuned to our life path because we allowed death to come to us. Mm -hmm. And that's part of being, um, the story. And, and to go back to like, what do I think of with your question of when I think of a wild woman, Mm -hmm. especially like with the idea of wolves in it is that (laughs) for me personally, going back to how I was obsessed with twilight, I was obsessed with twilight and I thought I was a werewolf when I was a kid. Were you team Jacob, Jacob or team Edward? So I was both because I know, which is like crazy because there would be days where I would just really want to be a werewolf where I was mm. like, Oh my gosh. And I was also obsessed with fan fiction and Wattpad and like all in Tumblr. So, <laughs> so I'd read all these like really cheesy romance stories from like, you know, teenage girls. And I was a teenage girl reading them about like werewolves and to be possessed by the moon and like have to change, you know, and this was also a time where like MTV came out with teen wolf where all these like different, never watched that one either. I I didn't watch it either, but, (laughs) but there was like vampire diaries. There was supernatural. There was teen wolf. It was just this explosion Mm -hmm. and obsession. I think at the time of with vampires and werewolves Mm -hmm. and I couldn't just like identify with one. I felt like at times I liked the coolness of being a vampire, you know, of being like, 
so edgy, so mysterious, so graceful, and sparkly, so sparkly, in the sunlight. so in the so in the sunlight, <laughs> and and then there were times where like being a werewolf, that like rawness of mm. like how it was depicted in movies <clears throat> and TV shows, where it's like you're just impulsive, you do whatever you want. Um, so it was like these two different sides to the coin. So I always felt like there was a time where I thought I was a werewolf. No joke. And I was just a teenager, probably younger, because I was, like, probably 10 when I started reading Twilight. (laughs) But I was like, I'm a werewolf. I know I am. And so I would go, I would scour the internet of just quizzes or forums of how to know you're a werewolf. Wait, is there any BuzzFeed? Uh, No, I wish. Was BuzzFeed a thing back then? I can't remember. I I don't know. Probably. That does sound like a perfect BuzzFeed. Sure would. We get... We get the credit for that if they end up I've, making I've, something like that. They need to. Yeah. It's part of the pipeline. BuzzFeed needs to have a quiz <laughs> for everything. <laughs> I need to know what flavor of ice cream I am. No, exactly. I really need to know that. Exactly. <laughs> same. Same. I have a feeling it's chocolate. No, it's cookie dough, but who knows? I'm cookie dough? Well, do you want to be cookie dough? Not really. Well, which one do you want to be? No. Yeah. I haven't really thought about it. That's why we need the BuzzFeed's quiz. supposed to tell me the answer to that. Yeah, exactly. Well. But you are Bella Swan, though, if that's Bella. the case. Because she, that character showed that you can have a love and appreciation for both of those sides. Yeah. And not having, like, an all or nothing kind of thing. And she kind of, like, bridged that gap. Absolutely. In between both. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, like, when she was around, and not to deem it down to this but when she was with edward she was more like trad wife you know where she was just kind of more just how people see traditional wives being you know quiet blah blah blah, keeps herself just really in love with him but then when she was around jacob she would just be more outspoken she would be a little bit more adventurous all these different things so there was a time when i identified as a werewolf so when i first was like introduced to this book I thought it would be really cool because it kind of just affirmed how I always felt about myself. Of like, I know, I feel like a, a werewolf deep down. <laughs> you are a wild woman. You are a wolf. <laughs> I'm a wolf. I just need like those wolf t-shirts, you know, like those like really cheesy wolf The ones t-shirts. that you find at the thrift stores? Yes. I just need to get one of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, I mean, and as we kind of just like, wrap up at least like the intro to this book and as we set the stage and the intentions for the remaining I I want to ask you Paloma but I also want to ask you listeners how are you going to go out today or the rest of the week rest of the month rest of the year for whatever amount of time how are you going to get more in touch with your wild woman I love that question Haley that's a good question how are you? Let's start with you. Oh, you just put it right back on me. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I I would say the moments that I am just purely happy and I am not judging myself and I honestly do not care what others think, that those are the times that I am like in touch with my wild woman and I want to create more of those moments. So, and my husband knows this because this happened at a show that he was playing at, but those moments of... I'm just dancing. Like I am just dancing. Yeah. I do not care. Like I want to have more of those moments. And how can I, how can I find that? How can I just 
just stop, just stop getting so in my head about everything. How can I just enjoy it? And just, you know, we were talking about this earlier today, how do we be present and know that you deserve to be happy and you deserve to, to, you are whole and you like, like just love yourself and love life. And, um, so taking in those moments, I want to like dance more and sing more and, I don't know, create more, whatever it may mean. Like just really, you know, tapping into that. I think that's how I'm going to, um, you know, kind of, uh, tap into my wild woman and make sure that she's taken care of. (laughs) I love that. I think dancing is such a, they talk about this a lot, that dancing is a really powerful tool to get in touch with yourself and to express yourself. And it's also a good way to, um, I don't know, because it's a really vulnerable thing. Dancing is just so vulnerable, not only when you do it by yourself, like it's already hard to do it by yourself, but then also doing it when other people are around, it, it can be hard. And I've always admired that when I, I would like look at dance videos when I was younger and or um, look at like dance classes that I'd always wanted to do, but then would would be like, nah, like... I'm going to look ridiculous compared to everybody. You, you need know? to let your wild woman just free. Yeah. And just the moments that you look at somebody else and you're inspired and you're in awe, I almost kind of like, just like tuck those feelings away because I think those are like the little glimpses that you get from the universe of like, no, like you want that. Like you want to have something like that, that you are drawn to that for a reason And like, how can you, okay, maybe you're not going up on stage and dancing in front of a bunch of people. Like, how can you, yeah, like, hey, dance more around your house. Or how can you, I don't know, like for me, um, it's, it's, it especially happens like when I have the house to myself, um, because it's like, it just mean the animals and I can turn on whatever music I want and I could, you know, my hair could look whatever way, you know, and I'm just in my wild self. Right. Yeah. Um, but just like, yeah, like, how do you, it's like that saying, like, dance like nobody's watching. And so, like, how can, because if you start doing it more and more often, it starts feeling not as weird. So I, I agree. Just start there. I've just been, do it. I think you're so right. <laughs> like, I think dancing really is the move with, with, like, getting in touch with your wild woman. And I've always loved the art of dancing. Mm-hmm. It is so beautiful. And people just really can express themselves through their movements. Like, oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to do more of that. And I also think just just creating more. Because that really comes down to it is that I, I have a feeling that this is just going to be a consistent theme. That Clarissa is going to really say that like the more you engage in creative acts, whether it's doing like fun Pinterest DIY projects that you've always wanted to do mm-hmm. or crocheting or dancing or starting up a new business that you've always wanted to do or baking or all of these things. Um, I feel, I have a feeling that the more that you do it, the more you're going to feel really in touch. So I think it's just like any creative act. She uses the term in the book, soul vitamins. Yes. I wrote that down. That was, that resonated with me. I just like, it's almost like a little, I mean, moving forward, it's something that I want to just um, just like a little phrase of just like, Hey, like, even if I were to just text you, like, Hey, just like take some soul vitamins today, 
Like, what does that mean? I love that. What does that that mean to you? Whatever that means to you. And I encourage you, like, just as the listener, like, what does your soul need and how can you find, like, little soul vitamins? Your little soul multivitamins. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's a great thing. It's multivitamins. So it's like, you can do a couple different things. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to just be one thing. Like, I know for some people, like, you know, gardening Mm -hmm. is a huge thing drinking tea mm-hmm. that's a creative act and and they're simple but mm-hmm. it is kind of creative mm-hmm. or even just i don't know walking i don't know yeah. can really be anything it's that time of year where the leaves are changing color and just i don't know just walking around a lake with yes. all the trees and all the oh my gosh just like the crunchy noise of the leaves like, I'm just going to keep on thinking to myself, soul vitamins. Yes. <laughs> just, yeah, just little soul vitamins. Just, yeah. yeah. That's a really good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. That could be like, just like, as like we start like the next week, that's just going to be kind of like, not like a mantra, but just like a little, just like a little phrase that I'm just going to keep repeating to myself because it's little bits. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. Just try to find ways to, to take those vitamins you know at least once a day yeah 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 we even write about it later and just kind of see how that changes things you know are you i don't know like are you smiling a little bit more than you used to are you like how are you handling stress like how are you all these things like how is this impacting you by focusing on taking more time to find those little soul vitamins Hmm. i love that I love that. <laughs> and on that note, I yeah. think that is a great way to wrap up just, yeah, our our thoughts about this book, just our excitement, our intentions with this book, and knowing that, and I'm excited too, because, you know, we could be reading the same thing and we take away different things. And so like, that's just, I love that. And I love having that conversation about it. And so um, I know that this is only the beginning of, of the series and we're going to try to make it a little bit easier to, to kind of handle. We'll do little soul vitamin, little amounts, but you know, yeah, this will go on for a little bit and you know, just who knows what the rest of the journey has in store for us, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. (laughs) I'm excited. And what's funny is that I like wrote down all these different things just for the introduction and like, barely scratch the surface that's why i'm glad we're doing this series is because even just barely scratching the surface of the introduction there's still so much mm-hmm. so i'm glad that we're piecing out different episodes for yeah. it yeah. yeah because i think these themes are definitely going to come up just as we continue to go on so yeah yeah well in that case thank, thank you yeah thanks <laughs> thanks Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Spiritual Curiosity Podcast. Next episode, we discuss a mythical creature that we hold very close to our hearts, the vampire. Vampire. You can check us out on our social media, keep up with any updates, any um, pictures behind the scenes type stuff or any related content. We are on Instagram at the Spiritual Curiosity Pod. We also have a TikTok, which is at the Spiritual Curiosity Pod. But in the meantime, stay stay curious. curious.